Hello, 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 everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time of the day you're listening to this. And welcome to the very first episode of my podcast, That Lit Nerd. Now, I'm very, very excited to do this, and thank you so much for tuning in, listening to it. And before we get into what the podcast is, let me just clear out a very few things off the bat. First thing is that the audio quality might not be that good. I'll try and make it as good as it is, but um, if it is not up to the mark, please forgive me. I'm a beginner. I'm new to this. Or uh, during uh, in the near future, I'll figure out how to make the quality better, and then we can enjoy the podcast together. Now let's just get into what this podcast really is. Every week, I'll be releasing one episode where I read a really, really good short story, one of my favorites, or one of your recommendations. However, it works. We'll figure it out. I'll read one of these good stories. I'll break it down. Uh, I'll share my perceptions with you. You know, my favorite characters, my favorite scenes, my favorite dialogue. What I really loved about the story. What I really didn't like. Something that could have been better. Uh, this is just my perception, my opinion. This is not hard fact. So um, please don't take it to heart, and please continue to listen to my podcasts. Okay. So the very first story that I chose to pick to begin uh, this podcast. is one of my favorite short stories of all time and coincidentally christmas season has just passed and it is still somewhat you know if you consider it is still somewhat the season of giving so um i chose to go with this short story uh, by one of the greatest short story writers writers of all time and one of my personal favorite writers o henry and this story is called the gift of the magi Now, for those who are unfamiliar with the story, it is a really, really beautiful, bittersweet tale of a couple called Jim and Della. Let me just take you um, step by step through what the story is. I'll just cover it up in short for you. If you've never heard of it, just so you know what the gist of the story is. The story is set uh, on Christmas Eve. Jim and Della are a couple who uh, are very much in love with each other. They are very, very young. uh jim is barely 21 or 22 years of age della loves him madly jim does as well the problem is jim and della are not well to do financially they are struggling it seems because jim has recently uh suffered a cut in his salary so a lot of things that they could afford before they cannot afford anymore and the problem is stella has been della i'm sorry i mispronounced her name her name is della Della has been saving up money to buy um, a gift for Jim on Christmas Eve and she realizes she does not have enough money with which to buy him a decent gift and she's very panicky she's crying she's um she's anxious as to what she'll get him what she does is she realizes that she has really really beautiful hair now the fact that they've emphasized in the story is that Della has extremely beautiful hair and jim has a pocket watch that has been passed down through his family which holds immense value to him and it is a really good watch so she wants to get him a really really good but expensive watch chain from which he can hang that precious watch uh, unfortunately she does not have the money to do so and uh, what she decides to do is to make this unthinkable immense sacrifice of cutting off and selling her hair just so she can buy jim a christmas present now it it takes her a lot of um courage to do so but in the end she does go out and cut her hair and sell it off in a salon 
and gets the money and she runs around town searching for the perfect watch chain for Jim and she finally gets it she finally gets a really really beautiful watch chain she comes back home and then she realizes what she has done she realizes that Jim will probably not find her as pretty as he did before and she's very anxious about the fact that Jim might not love her as much as he did because she thinks he loved her more because she had such beautiful hair she pushes that thought aside she uh, keeps his present aside and starts warming up dinner for him jim meanwhile reaches home he is 22 but he has been burdened with the responsibility of a family and since uh, it is a really really huge burden for him it has taken out the youth out of him he is shown to be a really um, tired struggling man and once he reaches home he sees della and della tries to cover up the fact that she has cut her hair by continuously talking to him dismissing off the fact that she cut off her hair as if it was no big deal she tells him she has got him a gift which he will love a lot and that is because um she did not have enough money to purchase a gift for him that she had to cut off her hair and sell it off to get the money jim meanwhile is in a daze he is not ready to accept the fact that della has cut off her hair and you know just to buy him a gift it takes him a couple of minutes to register and then he smiles he he starts laughing out of nowhere and she asks him to open the gift that she got him he opens up the gift and he sees this beautiful watch chain that della bought for him and he laughs even harder he embraces her and he laughs even harder della asks him what happened why are you laughing give me your watch i want to see how the watch looks on with the chain Jim says you know what let's just pack up our gifts and keep them away for some time because they're not worth anything to either of us anymore he uh, grabs a packet from his coat and puts it on the table asks her to open it della hurriedly opens it up excited to see what the gift is and the gift is a set of beautiful combs for her hair that jim sold his watch to get her because jim didn't have enough money either what he did was he sold his family heirloom just so he could get della a beautiful set of combs that she had yearned for for months looking at a shop window she wanted that set of combs but she knew she could not afford them none of them could afford it and so she'd always looked at it in a dreamy way as if you know someday i'll have this she never actually thought of having those and now that she sees those combs in her hand the bittersweet fact that she has the combs but the hair that the combs were supposed to adorn are gone and she sold off her hair to get him get jim a watch chain the chain which the watch was supposed to adorn the watch is gone now this is this might seem on the surface it might seem like a very uh, a very futile effort by both of them cancelled each other out but um okay let's before we start jumping to the end of the story let's just go step by step into um what my thoughts on the story were what my feelings about the story were so first of all um the way o henry has just um you know described the setting in the dillingham house is beautiful she he begins the episode he begins the story by saying One dollar and eighty-seven cents. Now, at first, you're clueless, but as soon as the first paragraph is over, you absolutely know what is going on. One dollar and eighty-seven cents. That was all. 
and 60 cents of it was in pennies. Now here, I think what O. Henry is trying to do, he's just trying to demean the amount so much. He's just even dropping the denomination of the last part of the money just to prove the fact that this money is not worth anything at all, much less buying a Christmas present on Christmas Eve. So let me just recite the first paragraph to you. $1.87. That was all. And 60 cents of it was in pennies. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher until one's cheeks burned with the silent imputation of parsimony that such close dealing implied. Three times Della counted it. $1.87. And the next day would be Christmas. This is just the first paragraph of the story. But in the first paragraph itself, uh, Henry has managed to demean the amount so much but instantaneously in the next par in the next line itself, he says that Della had saved $1.87. She saved it one and two pennies at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher by bargaining, haggling with them. So he instantly lifts up the, um, the sentimental value of the currency. Although on face value, $1.87 might not be a lot. But when you listen to how this $1.87 have been saved up, it increases the sentimental value of the money a lot more because now you know that Della has taken a lot of pains to save this money. And I honestly think this is a genius piece of writing because he has managed to, in two lines, he has managed to make um, an amount of money, a currency, seem so useless but so valuable at the same time. Okay, let's move on. Now the surroundings, it's beautiful. He says, there was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and howl. While the mistress of the home is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second. Now what O. Henry has done in this story is very, very beautiful. Um, he has written the show story in third person, obviously. But what he has done is, it's as if the writer is talking to the reader and telling him this story. It's not uh, from the reader's perspective. It is from the writer's perspective. And it is as if the writer is omnipresent. He has paused the story right now. He tells us, while the mistress of the home, which is Della, is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, which means while she's crying, let us pause that happening and let's take a look around the house. This is a very, very um, omniscient feeling which it uh, the reader gets. It's as if the reader is in control of the story. They have paused the happening to just look around the house, to just give us a description of how struggling the young family really is. So while the mistress of the home is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, let's take a look at the home. A furnished flat at $8 per week. It did not exactly beg a description, but it certainly had that word on the lookout for the mendic mendicancy squad. Now, the wording is real difficult, but you can genuinely get the gist of what the writer is trying to say. What he's saying that it wasn't that shabby, but it still needed a lot of improvements to be called a decent home. Now, the second paragraph has a lot of juxtaposition which accurately describes the problems that the young family is facing. It says, in the vestibule below was a letter box into which no letter would go. 
which means that these people did not have a lot of friends nobody wrote to them especially it was christmas eve people's letter boxes would be flooding in with christmas cards and letters in the vestibule below was a letter box into which no letter would go and an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring it very beautifully describes it, it this story is the if i had one word to describe this entire story it would have to be bittersweet so that element is present in every single sentence of the story it's telling you that they are good people they are decent sweet people but they are economically financially struggling right now they do not have a lot of a, a social presence they do not have a lot of friends probably not even family because nobody is writing to them on christmas also appertaining thereunto was a card bearing the name mr james dillingham young this name actually sounds really posh so this is where i love the juxtaposition of the of the name to the um to the condition in which the young family is in when you hear the name james dillingham young it automatically sets up a uh, a little posh um you know a posh personality in front of you but when you listen to what james dillingham young and mrs james dillingham young are going through it really um conflicts with the name and the beautiful part about the story is that the writer addresses the fact that the name sounds posh but their circumstances are anything but he addresses it in the very next paragraph he says that dillingham had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity when its possessor was being paid 30 dollars per week so we know that james or jims uh initial salary was 30 dollars per week now when the income was shrunk to 20 dollars the letters of dillingham looked blurred as though you know they were thinking seriously of contracting to a modest and unassuming d now james d young does not sound as posh as james dillingham young so this is a juxtaposition that i very much appreciate and love and as many times as i read this I am seriously never going to get used to the fact that O Henry has used this juxtaposition addressed it so beautifully. Okay, let's move on to the next part. The next uh, part where uh, they've showed us what the the description of the house or their social status. Then the writer uh, presses play on the story once again. The next paragraph says Della finished her cry. You remember the writer said let us put that to the side and look around the house now you've looked around the house now let's come back to Della Della finished her cry and attended to her cheeks with a powder rag she stood by the window and looked out dully at a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard this is probably one of my favorite lines in any short story ever when you listen or when you hear the word gray it automatically sets up a little gloomy um, mood or a little gloomy background in your mind now he has used it thrice in one sentence to hammer the mood into your head that this story is going to be dull and depressing a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard now when you think of it literally it sounds a little um you know 
to uh, it, it it does not sound real it sounds kind of uh, surreal but but when you listen to it it actually kind of sets the mood for the rest of the story it says she looked out dully at a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard it's genius tomorrow would be christmas day and she had only 1.87 with which to buy jim a present she had been saving every penny she could for months with this result $20 a week doesn't go far now they are moving on to how the young family is actually struggling to make ends meet and how dela has tried and saved this amount for jim and how she's frustrated that this amount she knows is not going to be enough $20 a week doesn't go far expenses had been greater than she calculated they always are only $1.87 to buy a present for jim her jim many a happy hour she had spent planning for something nice for him something rare and sterling something just a little bit near to being worthy of the honor of being owned by jim now here it establishes the absolute love and admiration dela has for her husband although they are not very well to do i mean scratch that they are literally struggling right now although they are struggling they barely can make ends meet she still holds jim in such a position of honor she puts him on a pedestal she thinks that she has to search for a gift which is worthy of jim which is worthy of being uh, of having the honor of being owned or possessed by jim it shows the love the um, the respect or the admiration dela has for him and it's really really beautiful then uh, they move on slowly slowly this story moves on into the part where dela actually realizes that she can sell off her hair you know to get jim a gift there was a pier glass between the windows of the room now a pier glass is a really cheap or you know um, an inexpensive glass perhaps you've seen a pier glass in an 8 dollar flat now he's really ex- uh, emphasizing on the fact that this is an 8 dollar flat so all the commodities all the amenities that come with the flat are in that proportion they are not very good or expensive they are all worthy of an 8 dollar flat a very thin and very agile person may by observing his reflection in a rapid sequence of longitudinal strips so basically this is a cracked mirror to be very very honest this is a cracked mirror that she is using now she realizes that she has beautiful hair and she can sell it off to buy jim a present now the way o henry has set up these two family possessions these two family heirlooms is really beautiful let's take a look now there were two possessions of the james dillingham youngs in which they both took a mighty pride one was jim's gold watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's the other was dela's hair had the queen of sheba lived in the flat across the air shaft dela would have let her hair hang out of the window some day to dry just to depreciate her majesty's jewels and gifts had king solomon been the janitor with all his treasures piled up in the basement jim would have pulled out his watch every time he passed just to see him pluck at his beard from envy now you realize 
that the writer has set up these gifts uh, or these uh, possessions of the young family in our mind so much so that even royalty would be jealous of them this is the regard in which both of them hold the family heirloom they would even um, they think that their heirloom is so precious and so beautiful that it would even make royalty jealous now she realizes that you know uh, she needs to um, sell off her hair she on went her old brown jacket on went her own old brown hat again emphasizing on the fact that they do not have a lot of um a lot of clothes apparel they don't have anything good in life at the moment with a whirl of skirts and with the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes she cluttered out of the door and down the stairs to the street where she stopped the sign read madame sofroni hair goods of all kinds 18 up della ran and collected herself panting will you buy my hair asked della i buy hair said madame take a hat off and let's have a sight at the looks of it down rippled the brown cascade 20 dollars said madame lifting the mass with a practiced hand give it to me quick said della this shows that della did not hesitate even a second in selling off her most um, prized possession just to get jim a gift for the next 2 hours she was ransacking the stores for jim's present she found it at last it surely had been made for jim and no one else there was no other like it in any of the stores and she had turned all of them inside out again the effort that this woman della is putting into finding a christmas day present for jim the emphasis is unreal one really important or one really beautiful sentence in this paragraph where she is uh, where the writer i'm sorry is describing the uh, the beauty of the gift that della bought for jim is that um it was a platinum fob chain simple and chaste in design properly proclaiming its value by substance alone and not by meretricious ornamentation as all good things should do this is a straight reference to della and jim they proclaim their value by substance by the really good people they are and not by meretricious ornamentation which means they might not have a lot of money and the good things in life but the substance that both of them are made of which is a really profound love for each other the willingness to sacrifice their most prized possessions just to see a smile on the other's face is a direct reference to this watch chain that she bought for him as soon as she saw it she knew that it must be jims it was like him quietness and value the description applied to both this paragraph where she describes the you know the the chain is actually a direct reference to what kind of personality jim is and what kind of personality della is in the last sentence it has it has been made explicit it has clearly been said that quietness and value was what this chain was all about and which is what jim is all about and that is why this watch chain was a perfect fit for jim 21 dollars they took from her for it and she hurried home with the 78 cents with that chain on his watch 
Jim might be properly anxious about the time in any company. He would not have to feel embarrassed by uh, for because before she bought him this chain, he had to use an old worn leather strap in place of a proper watch chain. And a lot of times he would feel embarrassed to use the leather strap in public because people would ridicule him for it. So now she says with that chain on his watch, Jim might be properly anxious about the time in any company. The attention to detail is beautiful here. Grand as the watch was, he sometimes looked at it on the sly, which means secretly, on account of the old leather strap that he used in place of a chain. Now, this this is a really beautiful part, which is we which makes us feel sad, which makes us feel sorry for Della, and which we know will not be true because hearing what we have about Jim from Della and from the writer, we know this is not true. Let me just read out what the problem is, what where I faced a problem. When Della reached home, her intoxication gave way a little to prudence and reason, which means. She she was on a high for the last two hours to purchase a present for Jim, finally having the money to purchase a present for Jim. When she had finally purchased that present and come back home, now she started thinking a little logically. She got out her curling irons and lighted the gas and went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love. Which means she came home, she realized that, oh, I've cut off my hair. I need to face Jim now with this short hair. She started the gas and she started curling her short hair. The description is really beautiful. It says she went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love. The love she had for Jim and the generosity of letting go of her hair to buy him a gift. The damage that had been done was that the hair had been cut off and now she had to work on repairing the damage which is always a tremendous task, dear friends, a mammoth task. Within 40 minutes, her hair, her head, I'm sorry, within 40 minutes, her head was covered with tiny, close-lying curls that made her look wonderfully like a truant schoolboy. This is funny, actually, because you can imagine Della with long, beautiful brown hair now looking like a curly-haired schoolboy. She looked at her reflection in the mirror long, carefully and critically. If Jim doesn't kill me, she said to herself, if Jim doesn't kill me before he takes a second look at me, he'll say that I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. But what could I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and 87 cents? That is her only reasoning throughout the story for whatever she has done and as um outrageous as it may sound once you read the story it seems absolutely logical and the right thing for her to do at seven o'clock the coffee was made and the frying pan was on the back of the stove hot and ready to cook the chops now we have um skipped some time and we have come to the part where jim is coming back home and he's going to see so we are now building up to the climax which is probably my favorite part in this whole story where Jim is going to finally see the sacrifice that Della has made behind his back for him just to give him a Christmas present. The do- Jim was never late. Della doubled the fob chain in her hand 
and sat on the corner of the table near the door that he always entered. Then she heard his step on the stairway down on the first flight, and then she turned white for just a moment. The nervousness that she has just minutes before Jim is about to enter the house, the the nerve-wracking terror of what will Jim say when he sees me like this, when he sees that I gave up my hair. What will he say? She had a habit of saying silent little prayers about the simplest everyday things, which is honestly, in my opinion, a very sweet little thing to do. She had a habit of saying little silent prayers about the simplest everyday things. And now she whispered, Please, God, make him think I am still pretty. This sentence hurts you when you read the story. It literally hurts you because you have seen Della go through so many emotions in like 20 minutes of reading. You've seen Della go from um, mortified, anxious, to determined, to excited, to um, finally satisfied, to terrorized. And now, because... Now, the thought that was going through my head when I read this story for the first time, when she said, please God, make him think I am still pretty, was, he better think you're still pretty, darling. If he doesn't, I'm going to get into that book and smack his head. Okay, let's move on with the story. The door opened and Jim stepped in and closed it. He looked thin and very serious. Poor fellow, he was only 22 and to be burdened with the family. He needed a new overcoat and he was without gloves. Now, assuming that, um, it's not really assuming because this story has been written in a long time back. Um, in This is London. This is England where you needed a good overcoat and gloves because this was a bare minimum of any man's clothing back then. And he did not have a good overcoat and he was without gloves. It's, again, the writer is continuously emphasizing on the fact that the young family is extremely poor. He, not for one second will he let you go or let you, yet let your mind get rid of the fact that the young family has monetary issues. Alright, let's go on. Jim stepped inside the door as immovable as a setter at the scent of quail. <clears throat> as immovable as a setter at the scent of quail. This is a really cultural reference. This is a really English reference. A setter is a, a, a game dog. Is a dog who is trained to sniff out quail, which is a, a species of birds, which are considered game birds in the UK. And a setter is the dog that is asked to, you know, trained to sniff out quail so that the people can hunt them. So when he sent, he smells a quail, he goes immediately stiff, focusing on where the scent is coming from. So this, um, this comparison of Jim is uh, so stiff at the moment is very culturally um, niche. So it makes it a little difficult to understand. I had to go through a couple of books before I could understand what a setter and what a quail were. Let's go on. His eyes were fixed upon Della and there was an expression in them that she could not read and it terrified her. 
It was not anger or surprise or disapproval or horror or any of the sentiments that she had been prepared for. He simply stared at her fixedly with that peculiar expression on his face. This is where it gets really interesting. You don't know what Jim is thinking. Is he happy? Is he is obviously not happy because Della cut her hair off. Is he angry? Is he shocked? Is he is he depressed? Is he you don't know. You don't know and neither does Della and the writer is not telling you. Della wriggled off the table and went for him. "Jim, darling," she cried. "Don't look at me that way. I had my hair cut off and sold it." because i couldn't have lived through christmas without giving you a present it'll grow out again you won't mind will you i just had to do it my hair grows awfully fast say merry christmas jim and let's be happy you don't know what a nice what a beautiful nice gift i've got from you now you don't you know that della does not talk a lot throughout this story you know that she's not big she's not much of a talker and the fact that she's continuously blabbering on is to try and get jim to move on from the fact that she cut her hair off she's continuously talking you'll see when i read ahead you'll see that she's continuously going on talking and talking and trying to um, make it sound like it's not a big deal that she cut her hair off you've cut off your hair asked jim laboriously as if he had not arrived at this patent fact yet even after the hardest mental labor jim is still trying to process the fact that della cut her hair off he's still not able to digest <coughs> the the look or the the um, the visage of della without her long locks cut it off and sold it said della don't you like me just as well anyhow i'm me without my hair ain't i now here you see that della still has that insecurity creeping in that jim does not like me without the long hair and jim's shock jim's um shocked expression and behavior is just adding fuel to the fire in della's mind she thinks that she has lost jim the way jim looks at her was because of her hair and she's trying to um she's trying to make him realize that she is De- della is della with or without the long hair Jim looked about the room curiously. You say your hair is gone? He said with an air of almost of idiocy. At this point, Jim almost looks like he's lost his mind. He's teetering on the edge of insanity. You needn't look for it, said Della. It's sold, I tell you, sold and gone too. It's Christmas Eve, boy. Now she's getting a little frustrated here. It's Christmas Eve, boy. Be good to me. for it went for you maybe the hairs of my hair were numbered she went on with a sudden serious sweetness but nobody could ever count my love for you shall i put the chops on jim out of his trance jim seemed quickly to wake he enfolded his della for 10 seconds again again the writer is pulling you out of the story when he needs it like we had it when della was crying and the writer pulled you out of the story to just look around the room again when jim is embracing della the writer pulls you out of the story to address a certain fact to address probably to address the moral of the story jim out of his trance jim seemed quickly to awake 
he enfolded his dela for 10 seconds let us regard with discrete scrutiny some inconsequential object in the other direction what o henry means to say here is let's just give them their space and look away they are hugging each other this is a very private this is a very emotionally charged moment so guys let's just give them their space which is what he's trying to say which was which is how you said guys give them some space about 5 decades back okay so okay and the 5 decades joke was an exaggeration please don't hound me for 10 seconds let us regard with discrete scrutiny some inconsequential object in the other direction 8 dollars a week or a million a year what's the difference a mathematician or a wit would give you the wrong answer the magi brought valuable gifts but that was not among them this dark assertion will be illuminated later on this seems to be a very confusing paragraph when you first read it but when you complete the story it makes sense so let's just continue with the story and when we come to the end we might make some sense of the paragraph jim drew his drew a package from his overcoat pocket and threw it upon the table now jim addresses the insecurity that has been going on in dell's mind for so long don't make any mistake dell he said about me i don't think there is anything in the way of a haircut or a shave or a shampoo that could make me like my girl any less but if you'll unwrap that package you may see why you had me going a while at first he he makes it clear that it's not that i don't love you without your long hair there's nothing that would make me love you any less but if you open this package you'll know why i was so shocked in the beginning white fingers and nimble tore at the string and paper she was so excited to see what jim got for her and then an ecstatic scream of joy and then alas a quick feminine change to hysterical tears and wails necessitating the immediate employment of all the comforting powers of the lord of the flat now what it means to say here is that she opened the gift and she got so happy for a couple of seconds and suddenly that happiness translated into a wail where jim had to go and comfort her for there lay the combs the set of combs side and back that della had worshiped for long in a broadway window beautiful combs pure tortoise shell with jeweled rims just the shade to wear in the beautiful vanished hair they were expensive combs she knew and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession and now they were hers but the tresses that should have adorned the coveted adornments were gone i think this is pretty self explanatory we don't need to talk about it at all because this revelation is huge in the story when you read it it makes you laugh cry and just just go in pain honestly but she hugged them to her bosom and at length she was able to look up with dim eyes and a smile and say my hair grows so fast jim 
this is where dela is trying to be optimistic among all this sadness and the bitter sweet ending that we are being given right now she's still trying to be optimistic and telling jim that my hair grows back very fast don't worry i'll be tra- i'll be wearing these combs in no time but and then dela leaped up like a little singed cat and cried oh oh jim had not yet seen his beautiful present she held it out to him eagerly upon her open palm the dull precious metal seemed to flash with a reflection of her bright and ardent spirit isn't it a dandy jim i hunted all over town to find it you'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now give me your watch i want to see how it looks on it instead of obeying jim tumbled down on the couch and put his hands under the back of his head and smiled this is the exact same expression that every reader has at this point in the story del said he let's put our christmas presents away and keep them a while they're too nice to use just at present i sold the watch to get the money to buy your combs and now i suppose you put the chops on this is where the dialogue part of the story ends and this revelation is really really beautiful and the way he says it is so nonchalant he just mentions that i had to sell off my watch to get you your comb for your hair and you had to sell off your hair to get me a chain for my watch and just put the chops on the funny part is they don't show us dela's reaction to jim saying he sold off his watch you don't know how she reacted so it's just for you to imagine knowing what you know about dela it's been left on to you to imagine how she must have reacted the last paragraph is really beautiful it explains the entire moral of the story and the small paragraph we had a while back the magi as you know were wise men wonderfully wise men who brought gifts to the babe in the manger they invented the art of giving christmas presents being wise their gifts were no doubt wise ones possibly bearing the privilege of exchange in case of duplication they were so good that you could exchange them in case two of them gave you the same gift and here i have lamely lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house but in a last word to the wise of these days let it be said that of all who give gifts these two were the wisest of all who give and receive gifts such as they are the wisest everywhere they are wisest they are the magi this is where the story ends and for those of you who still did not understand who the magi are or what this reference was i'll just try and explain it to you in a simple way the magi are the three wise men who brought gifts for uh, infant jesus christ when he was born the babe in the manger is jesus christ the magi were three wise men who brought very wise gifts for jesus christ when he was a baby and here o henry is relating jim and della and anyone like jim and della who is ready to sacrifice their biggest treasure just to see a smile on the face of someone they love to the most wise men in the bible 
and no matter how blasphemous or how exaggerated it sounds uh, after reading this story you will somewhat agree with the writer thank you so much so that was the very first episode uh, of this podcast i had a really good time um narrating the parts of this story talking about my favorite parts of the story and in general i just had a really good time talking to people about something i hold very precious and i have a passion for and if you enjoyed this podcast if you're still here by the way after 44 minutes thank you <laughs> and if you enjoyed this podcast be sure to um tune in next week and next saturday i'll be coming back with another story and if you like what i'm doing here try and let me know uh, on my instagram my instagram is the same as this podcast's name it's that lit nerd my name is kostub karya you can um, let me know if you have a suggestion for a story or if you you can let me know you can give me feedback on what you think i can do better or what you think i did good it really helps it always helps to have someone say hey you did good it it helps thank you so much guys uh see you next week